0: Welcome to the Assurology Show, a growth hacker's guide to human capital management with your host, Mike Vinoy. Each week, we bring you experts in human resources, employment law, accounting, benefits planning, and more to build productive organizations. You'll gain practical guidance for your business. You'll be alerted to the latest news and mega trends that impact small and mid-sized companies. We'll give you the hands-on information you need to stay compliant with ever-changing employment laws the strategies you need to win the war for talent, and much more. So you can focus on what you do best, growing your business. Enjoy the show.
1: How to create an HR strategy. Hi, I'm Mike Von head of marketing at Assure. Uh, And this is a big one. I think we talk so much on this show every week about tactical issues around compliance Uh, in ways to grow your business, but sometimes we forget to step back and talk strategy. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. Uh, If you watch the show regularly, you know my guest, Mary Simmons. Mary's the vice president of HR compliance at Assure. She's a SHRM certified professional. Also, for the last eight years, Mary has been an adjunct professor at the New York Institute of of Technology. Prior to Assure, Mary was the director of HR consulting for a 58-year-old HR consulting firm in New York. Mary, welcome to the show. Thanks,
2: Mike.
1: Okay, so uh, I'm looking forward to today's topic to kind of, kind of, I think, come up about 10 or 20,000 feet from where we normally are on really tactical issues, right? Um, and, and I want to start with maybe a quote from our SMB HR benchmark uh, uh, survey. So we surveyed over 2,000 small businesses in 91% of fast growth companies. So if you remember the survey, we measured HR best practices, um, and and compared that, was it a down year, a flat year, growth year, or was it a fast growth year uh, to really uh, tease out what is the revenue impact of HR best practices? And you can watch those those shows where we unpack that. The Spoiler alert, it's a huge correlation uh, to HR best practices. And that we found that 91% of the fast growth firms that make HR a, a priority, down year companies tend to focus on more uh, administrative uh, portions of HR, uh, checking the box for compliance, so to speak, and I and we we hate to speak poorly of compliance because it's a job requirement. You can't not follow the law, right? Uh, but most down year companies, fifty four percent of them, failed to focus on the strategic components of HR, like employee development and retention. Uh, Mary, what, what what what's your take on just the importance of an HR strategy in the first place? And and I'm curious, maybe even. Maybe even before that, you you talk to people in HR every day, in businesses every day. How do you think people view HR strategic versus task-oriented administrative?
2: I think a lot of times um, they don't know the difference, Mike. And it's, it's actually one of my favorite questions when I'm helping a client hire a new HR person is tell me what the difference is between administrative and strategic. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into that a little bit um, more specifically, but I'll give you one word that, to me, makes HR strategy, um, you know, more useful for organizations, and that's proactive, right? So mm-hmm. administrative, like you said, uh, compliance is going to fall under that. That's reactive, those are the things we have to do. Strategy in your and my mind, right? We're gonna spend this hour talking about that it is uh, you know, mandatory, but we know organizations aren't doing it all the time because I don't know that they know how to define it. I don't know that they know how to do it. That's why we're in business, right? That's why HR professionals are needed to guide organizations and help them see that there's a reactive piece of HR that's more the administrative compliance side, and that does leak into your strategic piece. That but that strategic piece is focused on being proactive, and aligning your revenue growth to yeah. human resources because he ain't getting there without employees.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, and maybe we should talk, Mary, about kind of the backdrop. Uh, of why this is probably more important than ever. I, I think there's a confluence of events that is, that is going on here, right? So on, on one hand, there's always been a tactical component, always will be a tactical component to HR. It's, it's you gotta follow the laws. There are There's literally quote unquote paperwork involved, filling out I-9s properly in storing them properly, right? There, so there's an administrative right. component, there always will be. Yeah. Um, but when times are good for everyone, and uh, the balance between job openings and available workforce are such that employers can kind of have their pick of, of talent to hire, then I think employers haven't necessarily always had to be super strategic. They needed HR to follow the laws and make sure they're compliant. Um, I think the more progressive uh, strategic organizations saw HR, HR as uh, a, a true business partner in their culture, and their talent, uh, in their employment brand, Um, but I think, honestly, businesses could get away without being super strategic. Today, the confluence of events is this. There's been an explosion of HR laws in the last, call it 10 years, but really the last three years, um, where all these big federal laws have kind of fractionalized into state and local laws, sometimes conflicting with each other, and businesses can't keep up. Um, And so how do you get ahead of of all that compliance work? That is strategic, actually. And then the labor shortage is here to stay. You know, We talk about it a lot on this show. If you're new to the information, baby boomers are retiring faster than people are being born. And it's been happening for 30, 40 years. This is not presidential politics, a pandemic, a war, all those things obviously impact labor supply in the short term. But this labor shortage that we're in today this is a thing for the next 30, 40, 50 years. It's not, it's not changing. And so if you're an employer trying to find talent to actually perform the work that you need to execute your, your plan, your business plan, uh, and you're struggling doing that, or you're able to do it, but you're paying a lot of money for it because the cost of labor is going up, then this is the time more than ever. You have to get strategic in HR. Mary, what what do you, what do you say about that?
2: So, you know, and I, I think sometimes a, a small business owner might say, HR strategy, I'm, I'm barely holding on, but you plan every other piece of your business, right? So any business owner is looking at, you know, supply chain. They're looking at, you know, they're planning out sales. They're planning out, you know, what machinery and technology they need. You also need to plan out the individuals within your organization and how they're gonna utilize all of those things. How are they gonna sell? Who's gonna sell it, right? Who are they gonna sell it to, right? So you have to plan out the HR. You have to strategically approach HR the way you do every other piece of your business. Any business owner, Mike, who wants to increase their productivity, reduce their turnover, increase engagement, meaning, you know, making the work interesting for the employees and playing to their strengths and attract the best talent, they need to have an HR strategy because otherwise all the other pieces fall apart. This is a piece to making a a critical piece to making your business successful. And the survey shows that.
1: I love the way you put that, Mary. If you went to the bank to buy a new piece of equipment to grow your business or you were going to add a- another location or you're going to add more or whatever, uh, uh, ha- have a marketing budget to launch a new product, all of those things would require a strategic plan. You would never, never, you would never push back on the need to have a strategic plan for those things. Right. Uh, it almost kind of proves the point that I, I don't think employers ma- maliciously mistreat employees. But no. when the law of supply and demand, there's more people than there were jobs, then you, you didn't have to be strategic in this area. But knowing that the labor shortage is, is a permanent fixture from here on out, you gosh darn better well have a strategic plan to, to get the right people in the right seats on the bus, uh, uh, just like you would have any other aspect of your business. I, I love how you, how you phrase that. Um, Mary, maybe paint a picture before we start talking the tactical about how to build a plan. What what does an HR plan strategy look like?
2: And and I'm going to preempt this by saying, I think you always need an HR strategy, whether we have a a labor shortage or not. If I don't have a labor shortage, my HR strategy just shifts. But I always need the HR strategy because even when there's plenty of employees that we can hire, we want to hire the best employees, we want to train right. them appropriately, and we still want them to be productive, right? So that HR strategy always needs to be in place. And the, way that, the simplest way that we can look at it is, it's an overall plan of managing our human capital to align with our business. Right. So don't think of HR as siloed. It's not siloed. Your HR function is help driving your revenue, just like every other piece, just like your sales team is driving to a strategy, just like your, your wonderful marketing team is helping, you know, increase your ROI. So is your HR strategy because it's going to encompass all of it. Right um Mm -hmm. it's going to include hiring it's going to improve you know how are we looking at performance are we do we have kpis for each position so that we're measuring performance as it is aligned to business revenue how are we developing our internal people versus hiring people from the outside to do the jobs we need and then how are we compensating everybody right without All of those pieces um, were not driving to revenue growth.
1: And Mary, thank you for bursting my bubble just a little bit. I mean, I do do think a lot about like the macro trends, macro labor trends, uh, HR laws, um, and and you and I talk a lot about that. But, you know, your, your world is as big as your world. And so if you are geographically located or you're in industry or you just have a great brand that, Maybe you're you're not facing personally dealing with a labor shortage. Why the heck wouldn't you still want to have the best people possible to be as productive as possible uh, to to be as successful as possible? So I'm right there with you. You need the H.R. strategy uh, regardless.
2: Yeah, I'll give you let me give you a great example. Um, we have a client who is a manufacturer, and this manufacturer has been around for about 75 years. And, okay, their employees haven't been there 75 years, but they don't have a high turnover rate. They have people that have been there 30, 40 years Seriously. That's the only job that they ever had. They went right from high school, right to this job. They love it. It's like a family. They're always saying to me, Mary, we just don't have a high turnover. You know, they have a couple openings that, you know, I've helped them with recruitment strategy. Yeah. You know, the HR stuff, we got it, you know, we're good. Okay. What are you going to do when all of them retire at the same time? And they're like, what? I didn't even think of that. (laughs) They've been here 30 or 40 years. How long do you think they're going to work? We need to work on succession planning. What do you do? You need a brain dump of all that institutional knowledge. You need process and procedures that these people have that a new hire will never be able to come up to speed in a a short amount of time. We have a lot of planning we need to do. We need HR strategy. Um, right now. And they were like, "Uh oh, you're right. That's a
1: a great use case. That's a great use case. Yeah. And
2: they're not a big
1: company. Okay. So if you're not convinced yet that you need a strategy for HR, then hang up, drop the call. Uh, uh, (laughs) We were unsuccessful. We believe clearly you need a strategy. Let's start talking tactics. How how do you, how do you even begin? Because I think if you ask the average, average business owner, hey, give me a business strategy to open that fifth location. Give me a business strategy to uh, add that product line. Uh, they could probably start cranking out spreadsheets and PowerPoints and business cases all day long. Uh, market research. I think people just don't even know where to begin when it comes to b- developing an HR strategy. So so maybe maybe take us from the beginning.
2: Yeah. So I love a SWOT analysis. We're, we're really big on acronyms in, in in HR, but hopefully business owners recognize a SWOT analysis. That's looking at your strengths, your weaknesses, and then opportunities and threats, right? So your strengths and weaknesses should be internal. And let's use your example of opening up a new, uh, location for a business and let's, let's use my manufacturer. So let's just say that he says, okay, right now I'm manufacturing in New York. Um, I want to go to the West coast. So I really need a new manufacturing plan out there. So I don't have all the um, transportation costs of moving my product. So I'm going to open something in California. Okay. That business owner is probably going to do a SWOT analysis on opening that business. But are you also looking at the HR function in that SWOT analysis? So, for example, what are your strengths right now in your business, right, is what you'd look at, but what are your strengths in your staffing right where do you have trainers where do you have people that are strong at using the certain technologies and machinery that you have where are your weaknesses and i can tell you right now they have a very hard time finding you know cad people to use cad machines it's just something that's not taught that much anymore right so so they should be looking at where their strengths or weaknesses are mike They might not be able to staff the the new manufacturing plant in California. You got to test those markets. You got to look at this. And I'm um, I love your analogy. Let's get that ten thousand foot view. I always say let's get on the balcony, right? And then what are your opportunities, right? Hey. You know, we do have some business opportunities at, out in California. We do have some connections to hire people out. So there is some opportunities, right? Um, and what are the threats? What's our competition? And when you're thinking HR strategy, you have to look at the competition, not as much as what is the product I'm competing against, but what's the talent pool that my competitors own? Right. Are there this many? Is there only 10 percent of the workforce who can use the machinery that I have? And I have a competitor out in California and they have all those people wrapped up and they're and they're paying them a lot of money. What is yeah. my SWOT analysis?
1: And, and I, I'm going to I'm going to stick on this topic for a little bit, because I, I think yeah, I love most it. business owners know what a SWOT, strength, weakness, opportunity, threats. Um, but it's hard to train the brain to think about this through, through just the HR lens. So let's, let's, let's come up with a harder one, which is probably an awful lot of people. They're not looking to add a new product line. They're not looking to add a, a location. They're trying to trying to survive and or grow their business in, in a relatively difficult economic climate when inflation is going crazy, their costs are going up and they just need to outgrow wow. these expenses. Right. So maybe it's your average run of the mill uh, uh, business, not trying to do anything heroic here so what what might be some of the h r strengths for that firm i i am thinking it's maybe maybe we have really great managers who who uh are have great relationships with with their employees uh maybe the weakness is maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we have great frontline employees we don't have managers who are trained uh on how to interview and attract and develop people. Maybe the opportunities are, uh, hey, uh, we're, we, we we we've stayed local and only hire people, uh, to come to work. Maybe there's this portion of our business we could go virtual and, and widen our talent pool. So it's an external opportunity, uh, a threat, you know, maybe it is inflation. It's think something out of your control. Maybe it is a competitor who, uh, is, you know, is trying to or could be trying to steal some of your talent. Yeah. Um, can, can you can you can you help unpack maybe what what the SWAT might look like for the, the company who's not trying to do anything heroic and really uh, add the new product? On, add stay the, new the course
2: product. and stay in business. Absolutely. Mm. So and I and I like that example. I think, look, we talk about training all the time, Mike, but it does you know, we need to identify you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats, but it's not enough to identify it as a business owner. We need to come up with solutions and real um, solutions for each of those situations, right? So we need to really play on our strengths um, and utilize those strengths. And for almost every example you gave um, for that SWOT analysis, for that, you know, uh, example, you know, business, Training can assist. So the myth that I see for a lot of employers is, Mary, I can't afford to hire new people to do X, Y, Z. Well, have you thought about training your internal people? How about just having, you know, a 10 week course on training people on CAD yourself? How about training your managers, right? To manage people better, so you get better productivity. So every piece of that example, training, internal, external, right? Even mentoring program uh, could be a really great way to um, you know strengthen each of those areas where you have a missed opportunity, where, you know, I can't afford to pay people more. You know, one of the other things, a lot of times when you have training, Mike, and you're willing to train somebody for a new skill, they're gonna stay with you. Because they'd have to, you know, go out and, and pay money maybe to go to a training class. Internal training is a real benefit, especially for, the, the millennial generation at, which is the biggest generation in the workforce right now, they are looking for training. So, yeah. you know, we talk about training all the time. So I hate to, to beat the same drum all the time, but training is a, a really great solution to a lot of the issues that, you know, business owners are finding. And let's just talk about, fl- inf- uh, Inflation for a minute, because it's the elephant in the room and we're all dealing with it. And a lot of times salaries are, are the biggest cost for a lot of employers. There's a lot of ways around paying employees more. Do you even know what benefits your employees want? You need to do an employee survey to find out and right. you need to do exit interviews to know why people are leaving. Don't assume they're leaving for higher pay. Right. Did you do exit interviews with everybody leaving? Some of my small businesses go, oh, Mary, they're leaving for money. I'm not going to do an exit interview. That's not always true. You need to dig in and know why they're leaving, because you can't fix it unless you really know. All of that is strategy. We're being proactive instead of reactive.
1: Mary, let's, let's take to kind of the next step. So SWOT analysis, this is your high-level thinking, right? Strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yep. Now, we, we how, do, how do we map that to then business goals and in, 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 in think beyond just the HR functions, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, now we have the actual business goals. We're trying to sell X dollars in revenue or a wide number of widgets of products we're trying to perform these certain tasks, which achieve certain level of customer satisfaction. How do we map HR to those business objectives?
2: So I think, you know, when it comes to strengths, when we're on the HR side, that's probably going to be, you know, a certain set of individuals that are very strong in a different business arena. So it could be our salespeople that are really strong or your example of the managers. Are we playing on their strengths and leveraging those strengths so that they tie to revenue? Do we have our salespeople, right? So you can look at that in a million different ways, right? Or do we have only outside salespeople and no inside? Or do we have a mix of both? Where is that mix, right? That's all HR. That's all HR strategy, weaknesses. Well, I don't have people that are trained in those areas. We talked about that, right? Opportunities and threats are external, right? How are they hurting our business, right? On the threat side and on the opportunity side, am I leveraging, right? My strengths and weaknesses, right? And you can leverage both of them in different ways, right? To meet the business objectives, And once we identify the business objectives, I kind of look at it, I back into the HR. How is HR now going to support and drive us to our business objectives um, and ROI? And, And that's, you know, that's the way HR drives business in a strategic manner.
1: One of the things you and I have talked a fair amount about um, and and I'm pretty passionate about is competencies Um, because when you identify the business objectives, whether it's to achieve a certain level of revenue, selling a certain volume, uh, hitting a certain customer satisfaction score, then you can map that to what competencies are going to be required to perform the skills, to, to, to have the skills to perform the actions that will drive those results. And then you can map those competencies to your current Staff, do they have those competencies? If they don't, now you can map those competencies to behavioral interview questions to, to to bring on that talent and or develop the the people that you have to upskill them in these specific ways. Um, so I, I see all that connection. Help help us understand how to actually go about developing that because I, I think we go from the. This is all a strategic plan, but we go from strategic to tactical pretty quickly in an HR strategy. Absolutely. Right. Because you got to develop the plan. You
2: can't just, it's, you know, a theory, and then you have to come up with process and procedures to carry out your strategic plan. So I love, uh, you know, everything that you just said, right? You got to evaluate what are the skill sets of the employees that you own? Where is the gap? between what they need to get accomplished. So is it making widgets in my manufacturing setting? Is it selling widgets in a sales organization? Is it servicing customers in a more service-oriented business? Where is the skill gap and how do we fill that gap? Is it internal training, external training? Is it more technology? Is it outsourcing some of it? It can be a combination of everything, right? I don't want to just stand on my soapbox for training because we're so good at it and I'm so passionate about it. But there's a lot of different ways you can meet that skill gap. It might also be bringing on a vendor to do that piece of the business for you, right? Um, So there's a lot of different ways that you can fill that skill gap besides training. You just have to back into your SWOT analysis and your strategy and say, you know, what can we afford, <laughs> number one, yep. Um, yep. and, you know, what's the timing issue? Can you fill Mary, this?
1: How, yeah. how can How can HR partner with the business? So I'm, I'm a thousand percent with you on training. Yeah. yeah. Before you can decide what you're going to train on, you have to first identify what the gaps are, right? So... Uh, or the, the the difference between current state and in desired state, so I can train up in those specific areas. Right. What's HR's role in partnering with the business in in determining uh, the the very specific topics that are going to need to be trained and developed?
2: I mean, we can't HR can't operate in a vacuum. The, any of the training right. that they're doing has to be tied to the you know end result that the organization wants, it has to be tied to business goals. So what do we wanna achieve? And then we're gonna to talk to the business owners and really unpack what are the skills that they need to be accomplished with the training that's being done. And then you can't just do training and leave it at that. You have to do an analysis of how success- successful that training was to see if you need to tweak it or change it, do additional training, et cetera.
1: So it's a partnership. Yeah, and it's a partnership in a bigger organization when HR might be a separate human being uh, or even a vendor. Uh, uh, Maybe it's a part-time job, maybe it's a full-time job with the rest of the business, but it's also a partnership in the brain of a single (laughs) business owner who wears many hats and does it all. The process is exactly the same. SWOT analysis, identify the business goals. What are the competencies and skills required to achieve those goals, and then map that out against your current employees' skill set, current competencies, and that will lead you to uh, what it is you need to train on. Right.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And then, you know, let's you know we've been talking a lot about you know the talent war out there. You also have to do a talent strategy, right? You can't, and I've always said this, you can't use a shotgun approach to hiring people. You really need a targeted approach. And again, you know, HR needs to partner with the business managers and say, what is the talent that you need me to bring in? What are the specific skills? Is that uh, job description really... Uh, reflective of the exact skills that we need. What does that ad look like? What do the interview questions to your point look like? Are they drilling down to the talent that we need? Um, and then, you know, don't forget that there are tests that you can do. You have to be very careful on the compliance side. There's certain tests that you can do. Um, we Uh, you know, have helped organizations for salespeople, you do, you know, have them do, you know, a PowerPoint and present it. There's a lot of different ways that you can have a very successful talent strategy to now bring in the best talent that are aligned to your business needs.
1: Yeah, very good. Um, Okay, so... We're at we're at the point of a talent strategy you're developing a, a talent strategy one of the things that w- we also saw in our survey seventy five percent of fast growth companies frequently assign stretch assignments to employees only thirty four percent of down year companies uh do the same um when you're when you're talking about developing this talent strategy I love stretch assignments a lot of people don't even know what they are what what all what all fits into what are, the, what are the buckets of, uh, of what an employer might put into a, a talent strategy?
2: So the, well, the talent strategy, a little bit different, right? That's bringing in the people, um, but you might, At that point, um, you know, two separate topics I see them as. So, talent strategy is bringing in the right people, right interview questions, et cetera. But when we talk about stretch assignments, that's our current employees. And whenever we do a management training, I and every, you know, management book that I've read, empowering your employees makes them want to stay, it retains strats staff. Why, Mike? Because people want to be challenged. They want to feel that you value them. And when you give them stretch assignments and communicate it as, you know, we have a lot of faith in you, Mike. You've been doing a great job here. So we're going to give you this additional assignment, this additional, um, uh, you know, item to complete for the organization because, We feel you've done such a great job. Boy, that does a lot to retain staff. And the added benefit, Mike, is you're developing staff by doing that. If they never got to do stretch assignments, if employees are always doing the same thing all day, every day, they're not learning. Right. So stretch assignments could be, hey, learn a little bit about what the person at the desk next to you does, because that'll help you be stronger. Do a project. We're bringing on a new piece of software. I want you to be the subject matter expert on that piece of software. Whatever it is, a stretch assignment will show your employees that you want to empower them. And it also will strengthen their skill set, make them more valuable to you.
1: No, you're you're wise to call me out on the difference. Uh, Sorry, I can't help but commingle all things to talent, right? Uh no, Because it's talent that wins, but specifically as a talent strategy. I, so I, I moved on to develop development. development. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to developing the talent strategy and what's inner uh, or, or out of a talent strategy?
2: And I guess I see what you're saying. Like I was thinking, talent bringing in. You're saying. Yeah the talent within what's our strategy. And I think it's, you know, all of these pieces are very important, right? How are we gonna train them? You know, how are we training them, you know, on the job, right? And those stretch assignments are really important. So um, it's all important in so many ways. And the next thing that we wanna talk about is limiting your turnover. Turnover is two and a half times minimally the salary of the individual when they walk out the door. So monetarily, uh, we need to retain staff, right? Uh, Good staff. Um, So again, uh, our talent strategy is very important in bringing in the right talent, training them right away, so that A, they stay and feel successful and B, they're productive. So we really want to think about turnover. Why are they leaving? When are they leaving? How can we stop that, the, the turnover or minimize it? We're never going to stop it, but
1: how are we going to minimize it? Right, right. Um, I'm curious, Mary. So going through that continuum from attracting the talent, developing their talent, retaining the talent, Where do you see, and you you talk to businesses every single day, your your team talks to hundreds and hundreds of businesses every single day. You've been teaching on this forever. Where do you see the most common, I don't know if I wanna call them mistakes, but maybe the biggest areas of opportunity that, especially small business owners who are just busy grinding away every day. what, what, What are the opportunities that they don't even know exist that they need to kind of shift their focus in these strategic areas?
2: Um, I, I really think that sometimes they have to talk to their employees. I think they make a lot of assumptions, um, and sometimes they're correct. Those assumptions, because they've been doing it for so long are correct. But did you, have they stopped and talked to the employees? Are the employees really happy? Do you know, they make assumptions, they're trained. They know what they're doing or they don't want to do training, or they don't have time for training. Have you stopped and talked to your employees? Have you done a, an employee survey as I spoke about earlier? And this time, instead of asking about benefits, ask about job satisfaction, ask about what the employees need, um, You know, and you may be surprised. Hey, if you're not surprised, Pat yourself on the back and say, see, I told you, Mary, I did know what we needed. But I think that you can't operate a business in a vacuum. You shouldn't operate it um, solitarily, right? You should be involving your team. And that also empowers them by saying, Mike, what do you think? How do you think we can meet our strategic plan? What do you think we should include?
1: Mary, what's your, what's your guidance? Because I think a lot of business owners, um, I can think of my own personal life and friends and family and uh, entrepreneurs. A lot of times I think business owners are afraid to talk to their employees because they do know what the answers are going to be, and they don't want to open up Pandora's box. It's if I ask them what they want, they're gonna, I know what they're going to tell me, and I can't do that for them. Wait, what, right. But I don't want to go down too far down this rabbit hole, but what, what's your guidance? Because I, I agree with you completely if you're not talking to your employees, you can't build an effective HR strategy. So when, when you're a smart entrepreneur and you do in fact know what they're gonna talk about and maybe it isn't something you can deliver on, what, how do you have those conversations and still be, I don't know, productive about it?
2: I think you need to have a certain amount of transparency. So you can't do, an, or my advice is to not do an employee survey and not share the results should be sharing the results and come up with um, some type of feedback on those results so great example I had a uh, transport company um, and we did a survey and again the business owners have been uh, owned you know the father owned it now the the younger generation was taking over they wanted to do this they were really nervous uh, right because they're very small in the business there's behemoths out there that pay more money. So they wanted to know because they had just lost a couple to those bigger companies. You know, what are the employees looking for? How can we keep them? You know, what's this state of business here? You know, and um, the results came back, you know, a lot of what they thought, which was, you know, more money. But the positives that came out of it were, you know, that we love this company because of the, culture that they had, so we talk a lot about culture, so that allowed them to leverage their strength and leverage that uh, family-oriented, they cooked a homemade meal every day for them. Believe it or not, employees valued that Mm -hmm. as much as they valued wanting more money, right? When they they did that survey. So they were honest and they had a town hall meeting They shared the results, and that's the way that you want to do it. That's being honest um, and transparent with your staff, I think, goes a really long way.
1: I think another opportunity, Mary, uh, and I've seen this work very successfully, is when you know the employees want something that maybe you can't do, you not talking about it doesn't make it go away. (laughs) All all it does is just fester, right? So putting it on the table and talking about it, at least... You're signaling that, hey guys, I know about this and I can't do anything about it. And here's why. The other thing I think that I've seen very successful is, and, and it really, and it's I know we're, it's not the intent here because we're talking about developing the right strategy, but equally related is you're teaching your employees your HR strategy. For example, um, if you run a business that is, say, you're maybe you're a maybe you're an insurance. Uh, 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 brokerage. And then you have a bunch of salespeople that are hundred percent commission and these hundred percent commission people are out now asking for some additional benefit. Maybe it's car allowance. Maybe it's v- paid vacation. Maybe it's whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you ask the question, not just, Hey, what do you want? Cause they'll tell you, and that just turns into a negative. It's what would you be willing to trade for? Say, would you rather have lower commission rates and then have a car or would you rather have the highest commission rate possible and no other benefits and it forces them to actually think about these trade-offs to probably appreciate the position you're in a little bit more um but but so so it's business education and and it's it's much more context to the decisions you might make right yeah absolutely empower them right
2: let them be part of the solution That gives them commitment that will commit them.
1: Okay. Uh, So we talk about uh, we're, we're, you know, we're from SWAT all the way up through uh, uh, acquiring talent and mapping, mapping the goals to competencies and acquiring the talent, uh, developing the talent, retaining that talent. Uh, Are there specific things that should be in an HR strategy around uh, uh, retention, specifically avoiding uh, turnover.
2: Um, I think we kind of covered that, but I think, you know, a lot of the ways that we can keep the employees, right, and you're always looking at your benefits and making sure they're aligned to the population that you have, but you need to plan ahead in a strategic sense by having a succession plan. So yeah. who's at risk of leaving? Um, if that's a key position and look, the key position may be um, the CMO, but the key position may be that CAD, um, you know, mechanic yeah. that, you know, you can't replace, which you have to have to operate the business, right? So right. it could be at the top of the org chart, and it could be, you know, somewhere down below um, yep. the org chart, right? You you have to know that, and you need to plan for succession planning. Um, you need you're to-
1: a 25-person company, and 24 of you can do part of each other's jobs, but there's one person who knows how to run that CNC machine, and if they leave, you're screwed, right? <laughs> absolutely,
2: absolutely. And... You know, so you have to plan for that again, that comes back to training. It also comes down to process and procedure, right? So have you sat down with, you know, everybody in the business, each manager should know pretty much not necessarily how to operate that CNC machine or how to create a new website if it's the CMO, Mm -hmm. but they should know what that individual does and what skills need um, are needed for somebody to replace that individual? Very important. Yeah. What does everybody do? Not just a job description. A process. And I,
1: and I think sometimes business owners are afraid to have those conversations because they think the person might be offended. Like, are you trying to replace me? Yes. It's like, no. Yes. God forbid, you are so important to us that you know if you win the lottery, yeah. <laughs> in in, <laughs> in and I'd quit if I was you if I won the big one. So. Yeah. Uh, I need to make sure that I have somebody else, I have a backup plan. I, I never want to lose you, I think you're amazing, but this, that's why I need to do this brain dump. That's why I need to create processes that turn your skills into repeatable processes that others can follow, et cetera.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, very, very, very important.
1: All right, Mary, What, what what's next? So we talk about uh, limiting turnover, we're kind of leading into succession. Is there anything else on succession planning that you would include?
2: I would just, you know, state that it not just the top positions that you have to look at the succession planning for. And I really believe that we should be doing cross training um, in almost every position, you know, all the time. Right. And that's part of job satisfaction. Also, people enjoy learning new things um, for the most part.
1: (laughs) One of the things that we learned in the, in the uh, SMB HR benchmark report was that the fast growing companies, they were 31% more likely to have a succession plan than down year companies. And, and to me, this is one of those things that, and you know, I have talked about this a lot. It, it doesn't even mean that they do succession planning. Well, they, they might do it poorly, but the fact that you just do it says you are thinking strategically about your employees, right? That, yeah. that, right. uh, Maybe you have a business plan in other areas, but if you don't have a, an HR strategy, then you're just not thinking. You're, you're, you're perhaps unconsciously, uh, uh, I don't know, treating your treating your employees as though they're just movable widgets, and they're not. They're, right. they're human right. beings, and they have choices, right? So the simple fact that you have a succession plan, you probably at some level communicated this to your employees it just signals so much about your intent and how you think about humans and the human capital as that fits into your business strategy so uh that, that the math supports the 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 creation of succession plans as well
2: yeah
1: um what what else how what, what about data how how would how would turnover rates compensation bans, right performance and productivity, how 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 would company data roll up as part of an HR strategy? So,
2: you know, look, that's key to it. Um, Again, we're never operating in a vacuum, we want as much data as we possibly can have. Um, And, you know, I think all of this, we also one thing I don't want to forget to say is we need an organizational chart. Uh, Sometimes when I create an organizational chart for an organization, um, it really shows a lot where, you know, they see this one person with 30 people reporting to them and they only have 53 employees, right? And then they have five other managers with two people. It's like, oh, no wonder that individual always seems stressed out. So that's part of the data. But the other thing that that organizational chart is going to help you with is, when we look at the compensation history, right, you may see subordinates that may make more than a manager or a supervisor. So I think the visual aid of an organizational chart is very helpful when we utilize the data. And of course, talking about succession planning in our prior conversation. Right. Also helps with turnover rates. Right. Um, oh. Wait, now let's look at this. Look at all the crossouts on the organizational chart under Joe, Manager Joe. Uh, That's a problem, right? Is it the position? Is it Joe? You know, how do we fix that? Um, Same with employee engagement, right? So we can gather data on employee engagement through an employee survey. We can do it through focus groups. Um, we can do it through the productivity of particular areas. When productivity is low, it may mean that engagement is low. So let's dive into that a little bit more. But all of the data and metrics that we gather are exit interviews, um, interviews, period, right? Um, what managers are having a problem hiring people, right? It, what's the issue there? All of those metrics need to be used to feed that strategic plan that we come up with. Again, that is tied to the organizational, um, you know, goals and the ROI that we're looking that we're seeking.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm reminded how you started this conversation, Mary. If if you went to the bank and said, "Hey, I, I'm gonna I want to borrow some money to buy this uh, this mill." Because uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce th- this new product, and it's going to—I'm going to have to buy this new CNC machine, this new mill. I'm going to have to hire a CAD uh, uh, guy, uh, and here's how much I'm going to cost. The bank's going to say, "Okay, well, how much is going to cost? Wh- when do you start getting the results? When does the money start coming in? How do you pay this loan back?" They're going to require numbers and data and math. Uh, you should have the exact same thing here, right? So th- there's no other aspect of your business that you would put a strategy together that you wouldn't underpin it with numbers. Right. This is no different. If you have a talent gap, you know how many employees uh, do you have? How many of those have a talent gap? How many people are you gonna need to hire? How many people are you gonna need to interview to hire that many people? This is, this is all data driven that can build a plan that's not just some pie in the sky theory. And then when you go to execute, you're gonna fail. You, you gotta underpin it with numbers.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. Um, bring it home. I think where you're going to take this is you tie all this together with mission, vision, values, or is there anything else you'd want to add first?
2: No, I I, I think that's a really good place to wrap everything up. Right. So we always talk about culture, but culture needs to be dr- uh, driven by where the business goes, what is the business, understanding the business, and what are our business goals. And that's going to be defined in our mission, vision, and our values. And HR is a huge part of that, right? Um, A really, really, really big piece. And that is sort of the icing on this HR strategy cake, if you will, um, to sort of package it really nicely and succinctly. And then that bleeds into, I'm always talking about it when I'm doing a handbook. So we start with the handbook. It's infused into your onboarding. It's infused into your ads. It's job descriptions, the trainings that you do. And again, all of that is tied into your HR strategy, which is going to help the business be successful uh and and i really I think that's the perfect place for us to to wrap up the whole conversation because it really is a succinct way to define all of it um in a very strategic way,
1: yeah, when I think mission and vision, I think that's the dots on the horizon that you're aiming at and and there's gonna be ups and downs there's gonna be you know, sometimes, you know, Lincoln's uh, quote, sometimes if you went through the swamp, you'd drown and die. Sometimes you got to go around the swamp to get that, to that single point on the horizon. Yeah. The values describe how you get there, how you, how you behave, um, you know, uh, what, what, what are the things that underpin your decisions in that route to get to those points on the horizon. But mission, vision, values, they shouldn't change frequently because they are that distant point. But you should revisit them in an annual strategy because they Absolutely. they do and can change, maybe maybe a small amount, but 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 they should at least be looked at regularly. We joke that you know the old successories poster uh, we got eagles soaring, saying you know our our mission is the customers our number one priority. But when you walk up to the to the counter and the person doesn't make eye contact with you, they're playing on their phone. It's like who cares what the poster says. Uh, how their employees behave tells me what their mission, vision, values really are, right. and I think the same same applies here. Uh, mission, vision, values. This is not something for a poster in the break room. This is this is how you live out your HR strategy, your entire business strategy. Agreed, agreed. Mary, what what would be your final piece of guidance here on uh, specifically? I think small and mid-sized companies who probably have a fair amount of experience putting together a SWOT analysis and developing a strategy for their business, uh, you know, put, put, package this up uh, in, a, in a closing statement, if you will, how yeah. they should be thinking about developing an HR strategy.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be, you know, daunted by the title HR strategy, right? So I think a small mid-sized company might say, Mary, I have no idea what it is. So I hope that we helped explain it. But I think you, as a business owner, really just want to focus on the fact that you're already doing a, a strategy to drive your business to the goals that you have, to the success that you want for your organization, HR is a piece of that. You're probably already doing some of what we just discussed. You just need to package it and think more holistically of how HR and the HR function is going to help make your business successful. And I think if you do that along with the business strategy you've already created,
1: I think that success is within your reach. Mary, right. could have said it better. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and your wisdom. I always learn every time I talk to you. Thanks to everyone else for joining us today. And until next week, we'll see you then.
0: At Assure, we build human capital management software and services that help 90,000 companies like yours attract, develop, and retain great people. Our low upfront costs and affordable subscription model allow you to save cash to invest in things that drive growth, not overhead. To learn more about how Assure can help you claim up to $26,000 per employee with the Employee Retention Tax Credit, automate your payroll, and build productive teams that are compliant with ever-changing HR laws, visit AssureSoftware.com.